0: You're listening to Podcateers.
1: Welcome to episode 477 of Podcateers. This week I explained to Andrew what Taylor's version means, Mel shares a great story about connecting with someone on threads, Bicycle Playing Cards releases a series of Disney decks, and I'm a little peeved about it. We got some auction and donation announcements for our Team Boat Willie fundraiser benefiting the Children's Hospital of Orange County, a.k.a. Chalk. More on that in a bit. To celebrate the Haunted Mansion's birthday, we talk about our favorite scenes on the attraction. We talk about what we think the attraction would be like without the Doom buggies and what we would want to see come to the mansion here in Anaheim. And of course, we round out the episode with our history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, with some facts about 1985 and 1986. Uh, As mentioned a moment ago, we are raising money to help the Children's Hospital of Orange County, also known as CHOC. Our goal is to raise $500 before the end of August, and you can help us get there with a small donation or by maybe joining the team to help us raise money. You can go to teamboatwilly.com, just like Steamboat Willie, but without the S or go to chalkwalk.org slash lily. Every little bit helps, so anything that you can give is greatly appreciated. Uh, As I mentioned a moment ago, we are going to have some auctions. More information on that is going to be coming up in the episode. Uh, So if you're not following us on Instagram, now's a great time, especially if you want to participate in the auctions. We have some really great items going up very soon, so uh, keep an eye out for that information. Uh, we'd love for you to join the conversation uh, over on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcasters.com slash links and click on the Discord button to join our community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podketeers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podketeers gear, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, and access to our happy hour calls just to name a few for more information on how you can become part of the fgp squad family we invite you to check out podcateers.com fgp and as always a super special thank you goes out to the fgp squad for their continued support okay so that's gonna wrap up the intro i'm getting ready to go make myself some more tea in a moment but if this is your first time hanging out with us welcome we hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more and of course if you've been hanging with us for a while now welcome back friends here is episode 477 of podcateers
2: Okay, so Ooh. tell me about this Taylor Swift thing before, like, you burst a vessel about yeah. Taylor Swift. I want to know okay. what the deal is with this Taylor's version thing because I don't know nothing about Taylor Swift. I'm not like in a Swift, the Swiftiverse or whatever it's called. I'm not a, uh, not uh, a Swiftie. I'm not a Swift T. Uh, that would be a good like. That'd be like a good rapper name Swift, or something. Swift T. Swift T. 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 <laughs> Swift
1: T. Swift T,
2: yeah, Swift T, yeah. A little, I don't little Swift
1: anyway. Continue. I I will admit I am a Taylor Swift fan. I don't consider myself a Swiftie by any means at all. Really, I follow a lot of what she does in her career. I like her music. I think she's a very savvy businesswoman, but overall, I don't consider myself like a full blown Swiftie. But You have to respect the clapback that is Taylor's version because Mm -hmm. the TLDR, so to speak, is that years ago she worked for uh, this company called Big Machine. And there came a point where her, her catalog went up for sale. And instead of the company saying, like, hey, you know, we want to offer you your catalog. Do you want to buy it so that you own the rights to everything? Because she owned, like, she was the writer. She was the voice on it. Like, she helped produce a lot of them. But she didn't own the masters, right? Those were owned by Big Machine. And instead of them allowing her the option to purchase her own masters, this guy named Scooter Braun who was like her manager swooped in and basically purchased them out from under her without her getting the opportunity to buy them. And so she's always held this like vendetta against Scooter Braun uh, because like he, he basically screwed her out of her masters. Right. And so at one point there was all these like cryptic messages as she was releasing new albums and everything like now she's with uh, a, a different recording company and so she started releasing new stuff, and she realized that she wasn't making any money off of her old stuff. And I think it was a conversation that she had with Kelly Clarkson at one point. I, I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly, but uh, I think it was a conversation with Kelly Clarkson where she kind of joked and said, Oh, you should just re record all your stuff. And like that kind of i don't know if that's what sparked the idea or if she was already kind of in the process but because she owns the lyrics like the melodies the arrangements like she basically owned everything except the masters mm-hmm. she can re-record new versions of them because she's the owner of everything else so basically she's creating new masters of everything she's recorded so for uh, everything after a specific album i think it was reputation uh everything after that uh like folklore and evermore and midnights and all these like new albums that she's released are all under her new label but all the re-releases that she's doing because she's now singing them like years later they're all called the original album name but they're they have the added taylor's version you know, because A. it's not owned uh-huh. by Scooter Braun. They're basically Taylor's versions. And so the Swifties, like, got together and they were like, well, we're never going to listen to the old versions again. We're only listening to Taylor's versions. Uh, you know, I, I've i talked about how I love, like, Gravity Falls and all these, like, little cryptic puzzles and all this stuff, all the, the things I grew up, you know, enjoying, right? Taylor Swift does a lot of that with her album releases. Like she's always hiding Easter eggs. She's always putting these like cryptic messages in her, uh, like her social posts and her like live videos. And, there's like this whole community, uh, like the Swifties, basically. There's like all these people that spend so much time trying to decipher all of the puzzles and the clues that she lays out. And some people are really good at it. Like if you follow her, I don't f- follow her career close enough to figure half this stuff out. But there was a post I think today on Twitter, or I'm sorry, X. Um, That's
2: Twitter. Who cares? Yeah.
1: All right. uh, yeah. Where uh, I forget, like somebody, I man, I, I wish I remember what it was, but they like the 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 post said something about like this many years, this many months, this many weeks, this many hours or seconds or whatever, and it, it was like a message about 1989, right? One of her old albums, and that's the one everybody's been waiting for during like this sweep of time of uh concerts she's been having in LA at SoFi. Everybody's been thinking she's going to release 1989 Taylor's version because there's all these clues leading up to it. Uh, but the the post added up to 89. Like the the digits added up to 89, but it felt like it was on purpose because uh it it lands today. Like today is the day that those numbers add up to 89. And the crazy thing about it is that if you go back that amount of time in the post, it is to the date when she released or announced the first release of 1989. So there's like, like that's how deep these cryptic messages run. She'll post an image and people are like, oh, well that represents a clock for this and this and that and that. And listen, I one of the things I have to be thankful for TikTok for is the fact that I'm not ashamed to say that I've watched almost every one of her concerts live on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> <Because> <laughs> since the Eras Tour began, people will just start streaming on their phones and I've had an opportunity like I haven't seen all of them all the way through. Uh, mm-hmm. She has, like, a schedule where she has, like, the secret songs. And what I like about the secret songs is that they're usually acoustic or piano versions of, like, the major release songs. And I love acoustic versions of songs, like, when people do them live and stuff. Right. So I've been keeping to the schedule, knowing that, like, two hours in, she's probably going to do the secret songs and stuff like that. But, uh yeah. The Taylor's versions are basically her clapping back at Big Machine and Scooter Braun for screwing her out of her masters and now she's like redoing everything on her own so that she owns everything.
0: That's crazy. To to yeah. know that she put all... Oh, hold on, hold on. Um, first, respect for having to be so creative and figure out how to... Make everything work that it happens today. I had no idea about this, but it, hearing it is is just my mind is like, where do I? St- how do you start? How do you start to put all the puzzle pieces and make sure that it makes sense and have everything work out in the end? Like that is genius. That mm-hmm. that's that takes a lot of work. So. Yeah, I think my mind is blown. (laughs) What kind
2: of name, like what kind of like punk name is Scooter? Like whose name's Scooter? Like I only know Scooter from the Muppets. Like Me too. There's there's no other like Scooter. Like if I Google Scooter, let's see what comes up. Scooter. It's his nickname,
1: by the way. It's not even his real name. His name is Scott or something like
2: that. That's dumb. So if I look up Scooter, I get the go tracks g4 electric scooter for adults um and then i get scooters coffee and a band called scooter so he's not even like the best like the most popular scooter apparently the go tracks g4 electric scooter for adults is the most and then if i look up scooter on images it's all pictures of scooters let's see the first person that comes up when i look up scooter Let's see. Scooter.
0: Please be a Muppet. Per- person. I'm gonna look <laughs> He's up. not a Scooter person.
2: No, I no mean, I'm just Some getting. people
1: say he looks like a Muppet. I don't know. I don't. I'm
2: going to look him up. Scooter. What was his name? Scooter Jaegermeister. Braun.
1: Braun. <laughs> Braun.
2: B-R-A-U-N. Oh, not like brawny paper towels. I was thinking no. about that too. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> It kind of looks like a jacket. Muppet. I don't like
2: it. He's got like the fakest white teeth I ever did see. It's like that episode of Friends when Ross gets his teeth all uh, whited. under the black light? <laughs> yeah, and that's how white his teeth are in this. I feel like that's I can funny. be mean to this guy. He seems like he was not a good guy, so I'll be mean to him.
0: Yeah, it's deserved.
1: But I mean, he's he's managed like some of the like some pretty big names. Like he he uh, represented Justin Bieber, and I think he represented ariana grande i don't know if he still does i don't i don't keep up with his career or anything the only reason i even know his name is because of the whole taylor situation and what went down scooter i brawn, went down a rabbit hole scooter figuring out the whole like taylor's version thing and during my my rabbit hole that's when i found all that stuff out so uh yeah again that that's just kind of like the quick and dirty version of everything that went down i'm i'm sure that there's way more that went into it and stuff i don't you know i probably know more of the story but that's like the most relevant parts to it i think so swifties please don't come after me if i didn't <laughs> see. include like super big details or anything
2: scooter from the muppets middle middle name is horace did you know that
1: no he has a middle name
2: apparently he don't think horace? he has a last name
1: scooter horace so he's got a first and middle name but no last name but are no you sure last Horace name, so- isn't his last name
2: it says Scooter's middle name is Horace <laughs> on the Muppet Wiki, so what? I don't know
0: when was this what? added. Because you know what, we went. To it was probably just like in this?
2: one episode at one point. It also says other names Scooper. That's what Pepe calls him. <laughs> <laughs> hey Scooper, hey Scooper.
0: But Horace, really?
2: Scooter Horace. That's other funny. names Scooper. What? Occupation: Gopher, assistant performer, stage manager, associate producer.
0: His oh, yeah. mother's
2: name is Joan, and he has a twin sister named Skeeter.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Does Skeeter have a middle name?
1: I don't know about Skeeter, but did you know that Statler and Waldorf's first names are Jerry and Conrad? And did you know their last
0: no. names
2: are based off of two hotels in New York? Yes. What?
1: I knew okay. the hotels. Yeah, but yes. it's Jerry
0: oh, I'm Statler learning and Conrad, everything Conrad today, today.
2: <laughs> So maybe uh, Scooter's last name may be Gross depending on if J.P. Gross, who his uncle is, uh, is related to his mother or his father. So it may be Scooter Horace Gross. We covered, I covered that on Quizneyland once, that J.P. Gross, he's the... In the original Muppet show, like, Scooter, the reason he has the job is because his uncle owns the theater. And that's how the Muppets have, like, the theater, is because of this guy. So anyway... Uh, better <laughs> scooter s- scooter. Horace Gross better than scooter. Brawny paper towels. So <laughs> did you know that
1: Waldorf has a wife named Astoria?
2: Yes, that's that's the hotel. Well, the Waldorf Astoria.
1: Yeah. Oh. Hey, look! Look at the guy in
2: the Goofy right? mask. That's not a mask.
1: That's oh. Hazen. Sorry, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ho, ho, ho. That's
2: from. The the long deceased at Dallas California Adventure, Muppet See, Vision 3D.
1: There you go. We wrapped it bu- back to Muppet Vision 3D, and it all started with a Taylor Swift story. How about this that? This should
2: just be yeah. an always Muppet Vision 3D podcast. Maybe we should just talk that about that fun. always. You got yeah, Sweetums, and you got Waldo, mm. and and the Bean Bunny. Yes. And who else is in there? Uh
1: Kermit. We should just make it an All Muppet All the Time podcast. Talk about all I, Muppet stuff. Fraggle Rock, the original Muppets, the Muppet Show, you know. There like used the to be
2: There used to be one. I don't know if it still exists. Really? Yeah, it was called But does uh, one exist
1: that we've done? No,
2: one does not exist that we've done. Um there That's Okay, what I'm this saying. is not This is not the the show that I was thinking of, but it uh, does have a, a good name. It's called Commitment. Oh, <laughs> that's, podcast, that's, that's cute. Uh, Tough Pigs, Muppet fan podcast with Tough Pigs. That was the one that has been around for the long a long time. Toughpigs.com is like a Muppet fan site. Nice. Anyway, apparently there's the 15 best Muppet podcasts you must follow in 2023. So apparently there's more than one.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Send me that link. I'm gonna check out the, the okay. first couple. I like I like the Muppets. Hey, uh, I have a beef right now with uh, bicycle playing cards because you know if you've been listening to the podcast for some time, you know that I love to collect playing cards, and as a fan of the mouse, you know you you might understand that I was pretty happy when. Uh, they announced on their website and on their Instagram account that they were going to have these really nice Mickey Mouse playing cards. They are mm-hmm. black and gold. Super nice. That If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. But what I will do is I will post images of these on Discord so that you can all see them. Uh, and I'll probably post them like on my Instagram or, or threads because I'm on threads, don't you know? Hey! <laughs> uh, so they posted this really nice deck it's like this really ornate mickey head and i thought oh man i gotta get me a couple of these decks and so they released it shipping's like eight or nine bucks or whatever you know it's pretty standard for most places for shipping one i have this beef with them because they don't package them well and in the shipping process they tend to get damaged and so as a collector that uh, gets me a little angry because when you're paying money for something like this, you don't want them to get damaged. So thankfully, these didn't get damaged. But about a week later, you know, this, this is the deck. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. about a week later, uh, they said that they were going to release two princess decks. It's the exact same deck. It's just two different colors. It's a blue deck and a pink deck. And and I thought that was pretty cool. Again, also a celebration of all the princesses. Again, I'll post picture, uh, pictures of these on Discord so anyone interested can see them. But uh, what got me angry is that they didn't announce these the week before. It was a surprise release. And so, of course, I'm going to get a couple of each one. So again, I had to my collection, but then I had to pay shipping again. And I thought, okay, okay. Um I mean I I guess, you know, they could have released them all at once and then I could have saved on shipping. I'd have just paid like maybe an extra buck or two versus mm-hmm. the almost ten dollars again for the second one, right? That's almost a whole deck. And these they had announced on Instagram. You know, at least so at least I knew that they were coming a week apart, obviously, but at least I knew they were coming. Then I happened to uh, accidentally click on the bicycle website on like I was browsing on my phone and I accidentally clicked on the bicycle website. And if you're thinking to yourself, you don't accidentally click on the bicycle website. You do when it's one of the open tabs you have in your browser. Okay. I always (laughs) I always have the websites that I constantly buy cards from just open as tabs in my browser. And I accidentally clicked on that one and it refreshed the page and wouldn't you know what they're releasing another freaking Mickey deck. This one says the original Mickey Mouse 1928. It's red, black, and white. It's got like nice like a nice back with Mickey and everything. but they didn't announce this one on Instagram. And so Shady. I saw it and I thought, okay well, I'm, I'm gonna order this one. You know I, I, obviously I got to add this to my collection, So I, I order a couple of these. And so now I have to pay shipping a third time. And so my beef is the fact that, one, they didn't just release them all at once, especially if they're a week apart. Just release them at once. I'm going to buy them. I just don't want to have to pay $30 in shipping fees when I could have paid, like, 12 instead and gotten them all at the same time. Plus, when you buy the decks and you, like, put them up against each other and bubble wrap them, they protect each other, right? Mm-hmm. They're not all just flying around in this big old box. You have something that helps protect them. So bicycle playing cards, come on, man. Why are you trying to play me like that? Just stop already. Just release them all at once. Uh, I don't know if there's any other Disney decks or any other Mickey decks that are coming, but those are the recent ones that I purchased. Uh, Again, I'll post pictures of them on Discord for anyone that's interested in seeing them. I actually really like them. Disney decks have a tendency... Uh, Because they sell these in the park, right? They don't sell these bicycle ones in the the park. But, you know, wherever they sell, like, the souvenirs and stuff like that, a majority of the cards that they sell in the parks aren't great quality. The latest ones that I've seen that were better quality than some of the other stuff, because I have some Haunted Mansion ones, I have some stuff from Main Street, like, I have, like, Epcot ones and stuff like that. And they're all, like, cardboard, basically. They're, like like not great playing card paper uh the only ones that i've gotten recently that are better than most of the other ones are some star wars ones that i recently got um but outside of that i i normally don't get a lot of the ones in the parks uh and the reason i normally don't like like outside designs is because they're not great the designs don't look Disney-ish like it feels like they have the characters but they're just kind of like Bleh. and these I actually liked I think they did a, a pretty decent job with the designs but damn it don't charge me $30 in shipping fees
0: that's madness I feel your pain and your anger because there there is a there's a makeup brand that kind of does the same thing where it's like release here release here and this and that and it's like i can't do this because no one should be able to you know just have it all available you, you kind of get me so i yeah I, it stinks having to overpay especially nowadays it's like come on throw us a bone <laughs> Yeah did i tell the story of how
2: i got the the roger rabbit um uh comic-con toys on here or not because i know i started you, you I told, told the story us of...
1: i don't think you told that
2: I
0: on
1: the think... podcast because
2: right. so i we were i was talking about i think we talked about it on here where i was like on ebay and i was like oh they're on ebay da 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 and so they it's, it's kind of related so i'll tell it um so i was gonna go and bid on these ones on ebay i sent the guy an offer and then it was like he was like, "Uh, this is how much I spent on them. This is how much shipping is going to cost. I can only spend it for this much. And I was like, I saw that. He sent it like in the middle of the night. And by the time I saw the offer, somebody had already bought them. And I was like, oh, okay. All well, disappointing. Maybe it'll come back up later. And then um, I think the next day, uh, the Super 7, the company that makes the toys, um, and put on their Instagram like, hey, our Comic-Con leftovers are going to be on sale at uh, on our website, like, starting now. So I'm like, oh, my God. And I log in. Roger Rabbit thing is there. D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. And then they mailed them out. So I was able to get the Roger Rabbit Comic-Con things through there. That's a that's the way you do it. You say, hey, I'm releasing the thing. Yeah. And then people can buy the thing. And they came, yeah. and they're very cool.
1: But was your shipping $30? <laughs>
2: I don't think so. I think, well, I only bought one thing. I think the shipping was like eight bucks.
1: And again, uh, my shipping was technically like nine bucks per order. But the thing is that I placed three orders like 5 to 6 days apart from each other which is why in my head I paid $30 in shipping fees because that they should have just released them all together and Agreed. I I know that people might argue like oh well hey why don't you just wait because they sell out that's why mm-hmm. because they're collectibles and uh bicycle has released uh some decks where they call them you know, test decks or whatever, and they only make like 200 of them. And so they only put 200 of them on sale. And so if you don't buy it when it's available, you might end up paying 400-time markup on eBay or something later. So your makeup company, Mel, that you were talking about that does something similar, do they at Uh least have reasonable pricing for their shipping? Or is it like super high shipping prices as well?
0: It's reasonable i'll say it's reasonable it's more of it's just you know let me enjoy this before you you know we don't even it's it's like a short time span where this is already open for you know available to purchase it's just the repetitive it's just so fast yeah um I kind of wish it was like a month in between, and that doesn't happen. It's more like four to five times a month. I'm like, oh, I am, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I've no. been there.
1: <laughs> merch, merch is hard, man. I'll admit. I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about backstage right now. But uh, some of you might know that we sell like merchandise on the website, right? Like we call it Podcasters Gear. It's like different T-shirt designs right, and stuff like right. that. And we've gone through different companies, like, selling our products. And one thing we've been talking about recently is bringing the product in-house and making it ourselves. And, like, buying the equipment and just making them, you know. uh, And, like, in theory, it all sounds great, right? It's like, oh, you're going to save a lot of money. and and, And you can once you have the experience. And what I'm realizing is that when you don't have the experience, you mess up a lot, And so there is a lot of testing like the last two months I've been undergoing different testing, testing different products, testing different companies for the products that we're going to be using. And so uh, I'll tell you all right now. If y'all don't mind like a, a t-shirt with one of our designs where the design is slightly off centered or, you know, whatever the case is, it's a little too high because I was practicing and I don't have, I'm not going to do anything else with it. If y'all want them as giveaways, I will be happy to give them away because some of them are sizes that I can't wear anyway. You know, it's just me practicing how to use the equipment and how to get all this stuff done. Uh, there's one specific product that we've never had before that I was pretty excited about that we've been getting ready for the FGP squad they're finally done they're getting ready to ship I'm getting ready to post a preview of this on discord for the first time Uh, and it's a design that we went back and forth on I don't know like almost a month, right? When I first started designing it yeah. until we got the final one before I placed the order for all the, the stuff we needed. Correct. Um, but, you know, it's very reminiscent of the parks. And uh, I don't know. I liked it. it. It feels simple, but at the same time, I feel like you get the little bit of park nostalgia to go along with the the fact that it's like FGP branded, right? So plus it, it feels like uh, an item that, is necessary right now because it's been so damn hot and especially if you live in california you can kind of use it anytime right so uh i'm gonna be posting a preview of that this week on discord so fgp squad members make sure that you check that out i'm gonna post it on patreon as well uh and i'm gonna be sending that stuff out soon so if i've never mailed anything to you or if i haven't mailed something to you yet uh, or if you've moved since the last time that i mailed something to you Uh, shoot me a message because I am going to need your address. Otherwise, I'm going to use the one that I already have on file for you, and I'm going to send it to that one. So hopefully you have some kind of forwarding available. So the next step is shipping. But, yeah, man, the idea of, you know, these shops that do this full-time, like this is not my full-time job, right? Like it's just like this this cool, fun site thing that we do on the side. But, you know, having merch is cool. Man, I have so much more respect for these small shops that put together like apparel and stuff like that. Because as easy as all the stuff seems in theory, in practice, it's so freaking difficult. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's gonna be some some stuff that's just not gonna be up to par that I don't feel comfortable selling. But like I said, I'm comfortable giving it away if you're willing to wear it the way that it is (laughs) so keep an eye out for that stuff uh hey you had a really cool story about something that happened on threads do you mind sharing it
0: yeah um okay so if you did not know i've been on threads since day one some of us we wear that as a little badge of honor like hey we were there and we made (laughs) it happen and meet some really cool people right so in the past four weeks, you know, you get to meet different people. You get to learn a little bit about them, about your friends, or, you know, who's following you, or, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It's an experience because, you know, you just start this culture and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure I'm repeating myself, but I mean, again, this app has been nothing but very positive and amazing even when there's some you know boo-boos and stuff but whatever it's been great within the first week you know I've met a lot of people and we've been just keeping in touch with random little things you know you get to know these people one day I want to say about what five days ago I posted about the last episode that just dropped and just told Everybody, hey, you know, this week's episode, da, 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 why not post about it? I have it in my bio. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> Might as well support too, go for it. So under my post, I got a reply asking if that was me. And I'm like, yes. I, I, I mean, I was like, yeah, it's me. Um, you know, was I clear? Sometimes I second guess myself. Actually, the person had asked me if I was a podcaster, And I was like, wait a minute. I, I have not had anyone ask me that. So I was <laughs> like, that's what caught me off guard and everything. But to hear someone or to get a reply from someone, someone you haven't met that you've only known online or on social media, to hear someone saying, I think, you know, my brother listens to you. I was like, okay, I was taken back a little bit because, you know, we we do this. We do this every week. But I still feel like we're just humble. We're we're small. We're not in the big leagues and all that stuff. So that's how it feels for me. So when someone asks, it's like, okay, that's cool. I'm a little flattered and and it feels nice. But a little part of me was like, maybe it's not us. And I'm thinking in my head, how many people have, you know, the name Pocketeers or something similar? That's when I text you guys. And I was like, this is cool. And, you know, we had our little doubts because of what I mentioned. Like, we're just humble people doing this. And I love this, but I just feel like I'm still small. (laughs) So it kind of throws you off a little bit. So we wait. And like when we were chatting, we were prepared to be like, you know, maybe it's not us. And we would have been okay. I would have been okay. Because this little moment was like, it felt good. And I'm not going to be like, oh, they thought wrong. Nah, I'm, I'm not. The fact that you even brought up Podcateers is like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so that right there was already magic for me. So I think it was like maybe an hour. It, it was quite some time. We hear back or I hear back. And I get the confirmation that, yes, this person's brother does listen to us. My mind was blown. And I like Forrest Gump running GIF reaction <laughs> to you guys because it's it's kind of like, I I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain like how that makes you feel or how it makes me feel because... One, I've only been on this app for one month. Yes, I spoke to this person. Like we have conversations every day. Everyone's like always checking in, posting. You just go in and you just start a conversation, right? And to know that this person's brother listens to us and to hear the story. I'm trying not to get emotional because this, I mean, the story's there. If you guys want to read it, it's on you know yeah my threads my account go for it but i wanted to express like what we were told and how special we are to this one person you don't hear that or you often think of like doing this podcast and we're just having fun to hear something like that that's really really touching it makes you speechless it really does and I felt honored. I mean, is to know that we're making magic for someone is, ooh, I'm trying, I'm like shaking here. <laughs> <laughs> to know that we're making magic for someone means so much. We love that. We, we love that if we can make someone's day, it means everything. I had to reach out to the person and, and through DMs and be like, hey, you know, is it okay if we give, you know, your brother a shout out. Is it okay? I I wanted permission because I didn't want to just talk about it because this is somebody else. And it it was just out of respect. So we got a yes. And it's my honor to give a special shout out to Rod. Rod, you're awesome. Hey Rod. Rod. Thank you for listening, buddy.
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, it's glad buddy. to know somebody's out there listening. Yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> it's just it's so cool. Just to know how happy he is and how he considers us friends. Man, that's that's so cool. <laughs> and then also I wanted to give a shout out to I'm gonna give the handle. If you guys are on threads, if you're a fan of anime, follow Odessa Moss which is O-D-E-S-S-A-M-O-Z follow this person and you know tell them we said hi and we sent them um I I've learned a lot about I'm starting to actually learn more about anime and I, I let this person know I'm like that's the cool thing about threads it's like you're learning little things but to know that this moment happened is just what so pretty much we didn't even meet until this conversation and they were already listening to us. So they already (laughs) know how I sound. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's always validating, you know, when you have opportunities to meet people in any way, shape or form that listen to the podcast, right? Like, like the FGP squad is a perfect example, right? Like the FGP squad, for me they're they're also special and these interactions you know that you had you know on threads you know always make me feel special because like like you said it we're not just talking into the ether the the thing is that these conversations are more than likely, conversations that we're going to have anyway. We just happen to have a microphone in front of us, and yeah, like you know, yeah. Obviously, we filter it a little bit because you know, minivan friendly and all. Like, if we if we weren't on the microphone, there might be some more colorful words that get tossed out. Of here course, and there. And if we're in person, some of the FGP squad knows that. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, overall what you hear on the podcast is the conversations we generally tend to have anyway so whether you think they're exciting or whether you think they're boring this is us like I don't know what else to tell you these are our conversations so the fact that other people listen to them and they get a kick out of them or like you said it brings a little magic to to their day is always something special to hear so thanks for listening Rod and uh, at Odessa Moz you know obviously for putting us or for letting us know that uh, when you yeah. sent us that, that text message, I, it just caught me off guard. I have to tell you, you know, as special as it was for you, <clears throat> you know, I've been a little under the weather for a, a bit of time now. And it's little things like that that just brighten up my day. Right. It just it, right. yeah, it makes all this more satisfying. Right. Everything that mm-hmm. we're doing, it just it warms my heart. So thank you so much. Uh, we truly appreciate it. I think I even left that comment on there because I read through the thread and I was like, oh, man, this like this this totally made me feel better today. Like I just read through it. <laughs> it like, right.
0: Warm this, is, fuzzies. this
1: is so nice. This is nice. I love <laughs> this.
2: Remember when I used to do that thing for the FGP and, and i'd call them cool cats and kittens and yeah. all that yeah. stuff we did that for a while i'm gonna do that for rod so rod thanks for listening you're so cool the cool cat and kitten you probably got like like a cool style maybe you got some like a cool t-shirt and a cool hairdo i'm sure i don't know i have never met you rod but i'm glad to know you thank you for listening um and uh yes cool i see i'm still bad at this (laughs) i was bad at it before but i still wanted to do it because i thought i was nice but i'm still bad at it i'm I'm not I've you know I don't get a lot of compliments that's untrue people say nice things about me but I'm not good at giving compliments so thank you Rod for listening um and uh your continued support for the podcast and and everybody else out there too thank you for listening but this episode specifically thank you to Rod well said not really, not well said. I was poorly said, but no, I think the sentiment I, is good. We're <laughs> giving you credit well here. <laughs> I think it was well said,
1: uh, but since we were just speaking about the FGP squad, let's take this moment to thank them. Uh, If you're not familiar, the FGP Squad is a very special group of listeners that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. Uh, The story behind the FGP Squad is actually because their full name to us is they are our fairy godparents of the podcast. But somewhere along the way, the hashtagging fairy godparents got super long, and someone suggested, hey, this is like FGP stuff here, and it just kind of stuck, so the FGP Squad. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcuteers.com FGP for more information. There you'll find some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, a little information on the FGP Squad itself. And being a part of the FGP Squad gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls when we get an opportunity to do those. You get some discounts on podcasters gear. You get uh, random giveaways for stuff whenever I have stuff to send out. Uh, you get a special section of Discord. So, if again, if you are interested in becoming a part of the FGP Squad family, podcateers.com slash FGP is where you will find that information. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support uh let's see oh we have Uh some auctions coming up for teamboat willie the chalk walk is coming up super quickly mel last week talked about this awesome basket with all these goodies that she put together that we're going to be auctioning off as well i was planning on doing it this week unfortunately i didn't get an opportunity to get the posts ready so look for that next week uh, we want to make sure that we get that those done and added to our tally. We're trying to raise $500. It's not a lot. Hopefully, it's something that we can attain by the end of the month. That's our goal, by the end of August, to raise $500. Uh, so the auctions are going to be coming up soon. Uh, I just checked our inventory earlier this week, and we do have a handful of the limited edition Teamboat Boat Willie pins that we made last year to help fundraise for both Chalk Walk and Walk for Hope. I'm going to be posting that stuff on Instagram. I'll post them on threads. I'll post it, you know, to our own social media stuff. Uh teamboat Willie is our official uh, charity team, and our team colors are normally black and white. We've also used, like, bl- uh, black and silver uh, or gray and white, rather. And uh, last year we made a very limited edition pin. We only made a hundred of them. They're black and gold. Uh, They have like nice backer cards and everything. Proceeds from each of the pins sold was getting donated to uh, one of two charities that we were raising money for. It was either for the Children's Hospital or for City of Hope for Cancer Research. Uh, I do have some of those left. So if anyone is interested in purchasing one of the original 100 limited edition Team Boat Willy pins, I don't have an exact number, but we don't have a lot. But maybe we can come up with like a like – a, make it like a free gift sort of thing as well where if you give over a specific amount, we'll send you a thank you pin. You know, like the telethons do or like PBS does. Yeah. They'll send you a tote when you donate a specific amount, right? So – thanks to viewers like you thanks to viewers like you right so i guess thank you while supplies last we'll come up with a number and you'll get a free pin or uh for another specific number just actually just thought about this um all right hold on a second we're gonna we're gonna have a quick conversation we'll be right back All right, so we've talked about it, and we've come up Uh with a plan. We did. Next week, you'll know the tiers, but if you give a specific amount, you'll get a free pin, or you'll get this new product that we're getting ready to send out to the FGP squad uh, if you give a different amount, a lower amount. So that one's a surprise right now. I want the FGP squad to be the first to see what that is since we're giving them out to them first. So once I post that on Discord, I'll be happy to tell you a little bit more about that on Instagram. We'll post it in Discord. We'll post it on threads, all that good stuff. But, yeah, I think this will work. I think it'll be a fun way to get a a little something for yourself, make a donation, you know, towards something good in the world. And, uh, yeah, more info is coming up. We got that auction. FGP squad member Heather is going to donate something that we're going to be auctioning off as well. Recently at Trader Sam's, they had a Jose Tiki Cup that was available for purchase. It was one of the limited Tiki Cup releases that they have. Uh, She got an extra one and she's donating it for us to auction off. So Heather, thank you so much for that. We truly appreciate it. That's going to be going up for auction soon. Uh, We're going to be looking through our box of goodies to see what else we have to auction off. If there's uh, maybe anything else that we can auction off for this round, but uh, next week, all the auction stuff is going to be happening. Keep an eye out on Instagram. We'll give you more details on Discord as well. Let's let's hit that five hundred dollar mark before the end of August. Woohoo. Yeah. All right. So we are recording on the Haunted Mansion's birthday. The mansion very special to us. We're we're huge Haunted Mansion fans. Uh, Andrew uh, suggested that we talk about uh actually andrew why don't you why don't you tell us what your suggestion was for for this segment here well we're spitballing trying to talk about you know figure out something
2: to talk about the mansion because you know we've done history episodes not me i mean i wasn't part of it but the history episodes have existed i've talked about mansion on Quizneyland before like it's It's a a very uh, popular topic. You know, maybe we'll do something opinion, you know. So I'm thinking, what's your favorite scene in the Haunted Mansion? There's there's quite a few. There's, you know, er everybody's got probably something that, you know, tickles their fancy a little more than other scenes. I know I do. Um, I've got my favorite characters and my favorite scenes from the mansion, just like anybody. I'm sure almost anybody that is, you know, a frequent Disneylander, or a you know frequent parks goer has a favorite scene in the mansion if the mansion is a kind of thing they like so uh, that's what I'm thinking. What's your what's your favorite scene in the haunted
1: mansion? Who wants to kick it off?
0: I'll go I'll first. Go. Oh, okay, you... go
1: ahead. No, go ahead, Mel. You go ahead. <laughs> Rock it's <fine>. paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go.
0: Okay. Um, so Andrew was saying Andrew was saying earlier that he may know what room is my favorite and it's fine i mean if it's if he knows then cool that he knows me very well (laughs) um basically my favorite scene um even if everything doesn't work it's actually the seance room and it's because it's so much fun to be the only person who's glowing in the dark (laughs) (laughs) so like people could see you it's that's probably the best part because you could be like i mean i love wearing my hattie stuff and especially Mm -hmm. if he glows so you'll just see the glow just travel as slow as possible and stuff Mm -hmm. but also that room is just it's just cool and it's just fun it is just fun but yeah glow sticks in there fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are the the highlight of the room so <laughs> Literally.
2: that that was my guess melissa that okay. was that was, i'm <laughs> i am not surprised in the least i had a second guess guess of just the organ player but i ah. my first guess was was definitely madame leota in the in the seance room that's i mean that it's such a like impactful room the the seance room and I, we kind of talked about it in when we talked about the hatbox Ghost being added to Magic Kingdom's Mansion, but it kind of does transport you from the land of the living into the the land of the ghosties and ghosties and stuff. So, <laughs> ghosties, um, ghosties, you know the the ghosts and the ghouls and the happy haunts. So it's it's very you know, who can't you know if if you go enough, you can recite Madame Leota's you know. Spiel, You can, you know, it's definitely fun for sure. It's in my top. The whole thing is in my top thing. So what am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I guess I'll go next. Um, I'll let Hazen go last because uh, you know I think what we I'm all say. If you listen, if you listen to the podcast, you probably know what Hazen's going to say. So <laughs> I'll give mine now. Um, my favorite scene is, is I mean, it's going kind to of be a very small scene um, happens in the graveyard and it is the singing busts. My my favorite part of of the Haunted Mansion, I just I can't get enough. I've I've uh, I used to do my house up for Halloween pretty pretty frequently, and I always toyed with the idea of of making my own singing busts. Like it's not a hard effect to do. It's just you need a projector and you have to put that projector outside and Mm -hmm. you need busts and things. And at the time I was doing this, I was a uh, young college student and didn't have just access to a projector or the funds to buy a projector. So I could do it now if I want, but nobody's going to see it where I live. Um, But yeah, the singing busts are my favorite. Um, It's, it's really just like, it's such a quick scene. Like you go past it so fast, but every time like if you break down or they you know stop for a for a handicap person or whatever the ride stops for whatever reason and if you get to sit in front of that it's just so fun to see those those five guys there uh throw raven'scroft and crew um and then a second and then a second shout out goes to um the, uh, the mummy in the graveyard I think he's the my favorite ghost out. in the graveyard <laughs> and he goes raw, 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 raw. if you listen to the mummy it's very fun the, the like full mummy that's sitting up out of the he's sitting up out of a coffin or whatever talking to is it the guy that has the big earphone thing I think I'll have to l- look at pictures so. I think it's the guy like an old man with the earphone thing or something but it's near it's towards the end on the left side after the like king and queen on the the uh seesaw. Um nice. but yeah, singing busts. I mean, you can't that's the, that's the whole like theme for the graveyard. They're they're giving you the l- lyrics and the band has given you the music, but grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize, can't have it without the singing busts. That's right.
0: Yeah, solid pick. <laughs>
2: that's a very solid pick. I have them up on my shelf. I have them. I I love them so much. They're up there. That's cool. On my mansion shelf. <laughs>
1: Uh, Look, I, (laughs) so you joked about knowing what scene I'm going to say, but the truth is Uh that it was really difficult for me to choose a scene because if you ask me what my favorite Uh mansion scene is, the answer is going to be yes. Yes. It's just, it's the mansion (laughs) itself, right? Like everything about that attraction is yes. Uh, However, the Hatbox Ghost hasn't been there for a really long time, so... Given Uh the fact that he's a more recent addition, I'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. a more classic mansion instead of using the Hatbox Ghost, which we all know how much I love the Hatbox Ghost. So it was really difficult for me to put one of these ahead of the other i'll tell you what they both are and ultimately Mm -hmm. what what i'm going to choose is my favorite but i would say the scene with the three hitchhiking ghosts because it it's just so iconic right yeah when you're leaving the whole idea of beware of hitchhiking ghosts and then having them appear in the mirror and stuff that's that's super cool right like i love the fact that you know they'll follow you home and all that stuff so the three hitchhiking ghosts is um Actually, I might put that one as my first one. Hmm, damn it. And and the only reason is because I I have a cool story. You know what? That's going to be my top one. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what the one that okay. was going to be my first is, <laughs> and that is the ballroom scene. There's so oh, much going yeah. on in the ballroom <laughs> scene and there's so much animation and like There's so much with the Pepper's Ghost effect that's going on that I love how it was set up. Like, I love even how they incorporated the spider web when someone broke the glass, right? Like, it's just so well thought out. The fact that it's all wrapped together with Victor at the end on the organ, it's just, it's a, it's such a perfect scene, right? It's, it's such a perfect scene for what it's supposed to display, coming right out of the séance room when Madame Leota just. Calls all the spirits, and now they're all partying all of a sudden. Like that's not—that's the last thing you would expect, right? Like, like you're calling the spirits, right. and you're expecting them to be all these like gruesome ghosts and stuff. They're all having a good time and laughing and blowing out candles and dancing and stuff. So, uh, I love that scene. I love it. Um, and that was going to be my number one until I remembered why I love the hitchhiking ghost so much. Uh, I'm gonna go with the hitchhiking ghost because when I was learning photography, one of the hardest shots for me to get where, where the hitchhiking goes because you're moving so quickly through that area And this was before, like, this was on, like, an older DSLR that didn't have, like, super ISO like all these new cameras do, right? Like, if you have, like, a really nice Sony camera or one of the newer uh, mirrorless cameras, you can bump that ISO up so much and still get, like, a super creamy looking image with you know, it basically looks like you turned the damn lights on in the room. Like that's how good camera equipment has gotten recently. And so when I was first learning, I was on like my Canon Rebel, I was still learning. And I remember when I first got like a nicer lens, uh, I, I remember locking in my focus and like clinching in and i i had it down to like what places in the mansion prior to the hitchhiking ghosts i could autofocus on and then basically lock my body in place so that by the time <laughs> i swung by the ghost i could snap my photo and i was already pre-focused so that the camera wasn't struggling to focus and it took me multiple mm-hmm. attempts right but the day that i finally landed that photo was one of the sweetest days of my life. Like, I can't begin (laughs) to express to you the joy that I felt finally being able to capture the three hitchhiking ghosts in the mansion. And, uh, I mean, it, it served me well years later because... Uh, it only took me a second attempt to get the, the hatbox ghost when they finally re-added him. And the picture of the hatbox ghost that I've I've given away, I've auctioned off, I've sold. You know, that photo is one of my favorite things I've ever done in the mansion. But it was the hitchhiking ghosts that kind of started it all. And like it was at a point when I was learning photography where I was just so frustrated because low light photography is so difficult especially when you're moving you know it's so crucial to Mm -hmm. be as still or as fast as possible uh and so with a little bit of editing i finally got my shot and man it's one of the great like now thinking back it's one of the greatest mansion memories that i have outside of the day that the hatbox ghost returned so uh my number one scene absolutely the hitchhiking ghosts yeah
2: I mean it's the everything of the mansion it's ever, it, it's before the hatbox ghost like they were the icons of the mansion they're on the poster like everything the hitchhiking ghost so it, it makes sense because they're they're the ghosts that follow you home they're the go- mm-hmm. they're the, they're the only ghosts that you see multiple times mm-hmm. like on purpose because you see them in their scene and then you see them in the mirror or in your doom buggy so they're you know a little more or prevalent, um, and then you see you know Gus like that uh, animatronic is reused right before that scene too right like before you hit the hitchhiking ghosts on the right there's the. There's, like, the knight holding his head, and then there's another animatronic that looks exactly like Gus, but, oh, like, in yeah. yeah. uniform or yeah. something. It's, you know, all the, all the faces are reused multiple times. It's like the grandma in the mansion is the grandma from the Carousel of Progress. Like, it's... I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's all fun. The mansion's great, and it's just a testament to, you know, all the Imagineers that, that worked on it, and, you know, especially, like, you brought up, like, how big the the ballroom is and stuff and it's it's really like a testament to like yale gracie in Mm -hmm. particular for i mean all the effects that are in the mansion are thanks to yale gracie like that's that's all you know i mean but like the, the special effects like the the ghost like like how they did the clothes and the the peppers ghosts and all this stuff is is you know a huge, you know, role. I mean, I'm not saying gail Gracie did everything, and every, you know, everybody had a say in, in you know, coming up with stuff. But like the special effects, yeah, guy he
1: was the the primary is, guy. gail Gracie's yeah. the
2: yeah. guy, and um, but I mean, Rolly has a thousand other things in the mansion that also is, you know, every everybody, Mark Davis and Ken Anderson, and you know, everybody, Claude Coates, like, uh have their hands in this and you know even uh, what what's her name uh norris mcknight norris the lady that does t- uh, t- is it tanya mm-hmm. the designer of the wallpaper and bob ger doing the the doom buggies and it's just it's an all hands on deck thing and now you know all these people and you if you didn't know them before look them up i guess <laughs> it's just <laughs> like the people that made this attraction come to life like like it's something that probably will never happen ever again. Is having something as like detailed as cool as as weird and odd and scary and fun and everything as the the haunted mansion like as a yeah. ri- exactly one hundred percent original. Everything else yeah. is just a copy. How how um, different?
1: You know, you mentioned all these Imagineers that that worked on it. I know this wasn't part yeah. of the conversation, but just question wise, That's okay. how do different do you think the attraction would have been? Because we know that the mansion was originally supposed to be some like walkthrough attraction, right? And so it was supposed right. to integrate mm-hmm. a lot of the, the museum of the weird stuff that Rolly had originally conceptualized before the, the innovation and the invention of the, the Omnimover, for the World's Fair, which is what eventually went into the mansion. But what a lot of people don't know is that aside from the walk-in or or the walk-through attraction, uh, Claude Coates also wanted it to be a water ride, like similar to the way that Pirates of the Caribbean is right now. How different Mm -hmm. do you think it would be and do you think it would have the longevity that it has now if it was either A, a full walk-through attraction or B, a water attraction similar Mm -hmm. to Pirates?
0: That's a, that's a, I, my brain is like trying to imagine both and it's like, whoa, it's kind of weird con- um. considering how we know the mansion and whatnot. I don't see it as a water ride. I think that's weird. That is totally weird. I think it would have more longevity if it was just a walkthrough, um, especially now because photo ops. That's the that's the only reason I could think of. um, but no, that's not really. Re- I shouldn't say that because I would gladly walk through the castle <laughs> and it's the same thing. so I yeah, I would say walkthrough would actually have more longevity. H- how would you put water? That is weird.
2: <laughs> it would be a completely different attraction if it was a water, yeah, water ride like pirates. I mean, it would probably have had a different storyline. in general you wouldn't be going through a man you know it would you would probably start uh, yeah it's yeah it's it would be completely different um so i i kind of have a like half opposite opinion of yours melissa just because Mm -hmm. like the walkthrough attractions that still exist are very like not well attended Mm -hmm. i mean one's the castle walkthrough at disneyland and then the other that just got a remodel was is the the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea at Disneyland Paris, I believe, um, and I guess it was so like under attended. They're like they're trying to like fix it up to do to get people to come in there or something. And they like pulled out like this very cool animatronic, like first of its kind of animatronic that was all underwater of the of the squid thing, and they put a video screen in instead. All this, there's a bunch of hubbub about it, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to speculate because it's it's the mansion is is what it is, but just with the like prevalence of Pirates of Care being being a water ride and being successful, I think that it would probably still be around if it was a water ride. But I was just really like the other day I was reading a uh, a article or whatever you want to call it about how um it was it was an article uh a conversation with Roy crump and he was explaining that him and yale gracie were working on um when they were working on the mansion as a walkthrough attraction that they had this you know really cool effect of you know you're in this this house and it's raining outside and you can see the you know, there's the coffin and you can see the ocean and the waves crashing. And then in the middle of the room appears the sea captain and he's drenched. He's, you know, soaking wet and it's raining. And it's like all this stuff is happening. And it, he said it was the most mind blowing effect he had ever seen. It was so realistic that it was like the the thing that he was disappointed in losing the most because when changing it from... From a walkthrough to a, to the OmniMover system, the the story beats had to be quick, like you're you're passing through it quick. Whereas the walkthrough attraction, you could stay and watch this in its you know it could be a five minute loop right. or whatever, and people can catch it in the middle or catch it in the end or whatever. Whereas you know in the the attraction as it is now, you can't you can't have a five minute loop of anything. Like it's, it's a 30 seconds, a minute at the most to get a couple different dialogue things, but you can't have this long scene play out. So, um, it's just interesting. The things that could have been, I kind of took this in a whole different direction, but interesting things that could have been, if it were a walkthrough attraction, um, that would have been very cool to see. I, I guess they had built the whole thing on a studio, on a studio, the, uh, a warehouse or sound stage. Right? Yeah. 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 And it was just this story is just so cool. I love reading all this these old interviews with with Imagineers. It's yeah. it's fantastic.
1: That I think the the same soundstage that they were on. I remember reading another story about how one of the effects that they were working on was like the sea captain appearing and disappearing, and when it was dark, mm-hmm. it was so realistic that it scared the hell out of one of the like the nightly janitors or something like that. And so, like, they refused to work because it was so scary and didn't realize that it was just an effect.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I was reading that and I got sad that it wasn't something that, like, I was able to see. Like, only a few people were able to see this. I was reading this article and I was just so jealous of the people that got to see it and sad that there was no place to Mm -hmm. put this effect that, like, apparently is the
1: coolest thing that Rolling Crump
2: yep. has ever seen. And that's like I agree. saying something. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I you know, when as as I was thinking about the question and asking both of you, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you a little bit more, Andrew, because I get what you're saying about attractions that, you know, don't have a ride vehicle. However, I'm mm-hmm. I want to approach this from a semi selfish, also no The crowds that I ran in frequently, which would have annoyed me today. (laughs) Uh, And by that I mean, as a photographer, I would post my tripod up everywhere. And if the mansion existed in its current state but was a walkthrough, I can't begin to imagine how many tripods you'd be tripping over because everybody was trying to get that perfect shot of whatever the case was or the hat box ghost or or yeah. like, just think of what I just told you, how much it, how long it took me to get the photo of the hitchhiking ghost. If it yeah. was a walkthrough, everybody would be there snapping the photo. So you'd be tripping over tripods yeah. and like there would be a holdup because photographers are trying to do their thing and, Uh, you know, I've grown to try to be more conscious of that stuff and realize that it's not just about me getting my photo, right? There are people that are trying to enjoy their day. And granted, I haven't done that in quite some time, but towards, uh, the, the last months that I was shooting photos at at Disneyland, that, that was kind of my mentality. So for me, that's kind of where my head went as far as like, if it was a walkthrough attraction, man, it would get annoying with so many people sitting there and (laughs) I'd be one of those people possibly, possibly causing the annoyance at that time because I was learning and it took me a little bit more time to get what I needed out of the shot. So, uh, so if ever I was at the park with my tripod and I somehow, you know, put a damper on your day because I was in your way, I'm so sorry. I never meant to do that on (laughs) purpose. I promise I was just trying to learn something. Um, But as a water ride, I, the funny thing about the water ride is that I think it would have worked really well if they had given, like you said, they they had given the mansion a different story, right? If they had committed to the story yeah. of the sea captain and instead of the mansion in its current state, you saw a mansion that was maybe overcome by a hurricane or there was some kind of uh typhoon that somehow hit the like i guess hurricane because it was in new orleans right that would be the most uh right. that that would be the, yeah. the the most likely to happen so yeah hurricane hit basically destroyed the house and you're going through the mansion in its post hurricane state and these ghosts are coming Mm -hmm. out of maybe the people that used to live there or something but it all ties together the black widow bride could still be there and it ties into she was waiting for the captain to come back when the hurricane hit you know and she was left there she's now a ghost because of it so i think if they had committed more of the story to to like line up with that a water attraction the way that Clyde Coates wanted would have worked a lot better and it's it's current version i don't see it i don't think it would have uh, really worked at all
2: it doesn't make sense just like it going doesn't. through a house exactly. In, a in, exactly
1: right um and and that's the beauty i think of the omnimover and the doom buggy itself is that not only was it great for putting a lot of people through the attraction at once the clamshell design of the of the doom buggy also allows them to turn you and put you into positions to help you focus on the thing that they want you to see at that very moment because when you're on on a roller coaster or any attraction that just has a standard vehicle there's a lot to look at man and you know it can become overwhelming at times especially if you if you're riding for the first time Uh, rise is one of those attractions you get on rise of the resistance for the first time there's so much and it's so overwhelming you can't just write it once and capture everything that that attraction has to offer but like on something with the mansion it's so dark and the the doom buggy moves you around it is focusing you purposefully on the story that they want to kind of tell you in the section that you're in right so
2: yeah Exactly. Like in, in Pirates of the Caribbean, there is no like unthemed corner that you can see right. from your boat. Like mm-hmm. in the haunted mansion, you can't see the unthemed things, but they're there. Like ha- like Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't have an unthemed in the whole building because of you're just mm-hmm. looking around. Whereas like mansion, like if you're looking at the ballroom, if you turn around, there's just like a plain wall back there. Like there's just like, if there's just like, a Mm roll-up door like at the haunted mansion that you can see like if you're looking for the right thing but because your ride vehicle is pointing you in those directions like it's you know conservation of of resources where you can you know when you're in the room with leota like it's just a big black void with the thing right in the center everything behind you is just nothingness But if you were if you were on a boat going around the same thing, you would have to have stuff to your left and to above you and all this stuff to to fill that theming out, because some people are going to be looking in different places. So it's it's very, you know, innovative at the time. And now we love it. She announced it. (laughs) Update,
1: folks. Update.
2: Hey, I was talking about the Haunted Mansion and, and Taylor Swift. Uh, Right now, announce some (laughs) song or something. No, we're including including it. Taylor Swift. Hazen was watching the Taylor Swift concert, and something, some Taylor Swift is re-singing a song. I'm going to put it on Spotify. Oh, a whole album. Breaking news. Breaking news. do 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 She's redoing the album, folks. Not at the time Hazen thought, towards towards the end of the concert, instead of the
1: the middle of the concert. She's going to have an aneurysm waiting for Mm -hmm. this announcement. Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I will say, though, that if there's anything that I would have ever wanted them to add... Okay, let let me ask you this question then. Is there something that you would like them to add to this mansion from the Disney World mansion?
2: I have to remember. I'm, I need to look. Because
1: I can tell there. you what I would like them to
0: add. Uh, you go
2: first, because I
1: can't... Uh...
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, no problem. The the first thing because um this is what this is what sets them apart is the extra room with yep. the walls and the it Escher looks room. crazy. Yep. That yeah the stairs. Yes. That's exactly yes. what I would have
1: w- want them to add to this one as well. So when you're boarding the Doom buggy, I know that they use that here to decorate for Nightmare Before Christmas when uh when they do the overlay right. Mm-hmm. That's really when we get. Mm -hmm. like uh, more decoration in that area but overall the story of that is that in that area you're supposed to be entering this like realm of the dead right like it's the yeah that realm. that's the story of that you know how you're boarding the doom buggy and stuff you're kind of like, hate it, yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that part of the story, especially because there's a super disconnect from the fact that you were just in the hallway and and then just like yeah nothing and then all of a sudden you're in the endless hallway. Right. So there's this huge disconnect. So the way that the, the mansion in Disney World has the library and then they have the Escher Room, I think it's such a beautiful transition that could be added to this one. And like you could have your nice little library in that section. You can maybe even just do the Escher Room, but it feels more organic, right? Going from the hallway into the loading area, seeing that in front of you, endless hallway, and then the rest of the attraction. Right, and it, it we don't need an entire extra room. I think they can make it work with forced perspective in the area that we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. it's the I like look if they're getting the hatbox ghost, they got to give us the extra room here. They got to decorate that area. It's only fair that they're taking something from you us that we mind. get something from them.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. What I've always wanted there is like, a grand staircase. That like would because be just there. Because you are going yeah. up the stairs. Like, that's the whole thing. There is a banister there. It would just be so great if it was, like, a huge, like, set of windows or something with the, these big two grand staircases coming down. I don't know what else in the middle. Or maybe there's a big fireplace up at the top of the stairs or something. I don't know. But it's just, it's so, like, it seems so... This is what it seems like to me is like, okay, we themed this and then we forgot to do this part. And so it's, we're calling it the boundless realm and we're going to have a green light that spins around and kind of looks like a supernatural whatever. I think that, that that's definitely, I don't even want anything. Like, I could be fine if we didn't get the stairs, the stair, es- the MC Escher style room. I just want that entry to be themed. Yeah. Like, it just, it's just so, like, it's just so disjointed from, that's my only complaint in the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) You know, like,
1: like, honestly, you're right. Like, even if it had a mirror image of the walls we see on the right-hand side before we board the Doom Buggies, if it was just that kind of wall so that it looked like it was in the same spot at the same time it would feel more connected because I'm telling you the whole boundless realm thing. And then all of a sudden you see the endless staircase back in it as part of the mansion. There's this, it's just a huge disconnect.
2: Well, and it's also like that part of the, the room is the, that's the full height of the building. So like, you know, you go up the stairs and you're on, you know, a second level for a while before you then go down and then, Mm -hmm. You know, to to do all that stuff. That first section is the full height. So it's huge. And it it just lends itself so well to be able to put something like, like they do in the Haunted Mansion Holiday. That thing is humongous that they put there. Wouldn't it be so great to walk in and like turn that corner and be like, boom, in your face. Here is like the grand staircase or like like what they have. I think it's in Phantom Manor where the phantom is like standing at the top of the at stairs the stairs yeah oh, like looks some, so good man like having something like that you know have it, something there that is not just a painted black wall <laughs> yep i could go on for this forever but yeah that the phantom standing on the top of the stairs is a very cool image
1: i would be happy to be the 1001 happiest haunt at that moment <laughs> Mm-hmm. Remember when somebody became the 1,000th haunt?
2: Yeah, because they gave like a bunch of money to a charity, right? Yeah. And then they won like it. They, yeah. they he paid, paid like 40 dentist. grand or something. Yeah, I think oh, he was I a dentist. <laughs> yeah, he was like he became the 1,000th happy haunt. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: that was exactly what he paid for. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have any scenes in the mansion that are your favorite, we'd love to hear what those are. We can share them in the next episode. You can either leave a comment in the post for this episode on Instagram. Uh, or join us over on Discord. We'd love for you to join the community and join the conversation there as well. If you haven't done so yet, you can do so by going to podcasterscom slash links. There you will find a Discord button that will help you or walk you through the setup process. It's only a few clicks away. So uh, yeah, we'd love to have you there. All right. Uh, I think it's time to start wrapping up this episode. The great Mr. Andrew has prepared some more fun facts about the Disney company's history over the last hundred years as they celebrate the Disney 100 celebration. This year we're focusing on the mid-80s. So without further ado, the great Mr. Andrew.
2: The middest 80s, 85, 86, we're here. Uh, We're standing in solidarity with the writers and actors uh, while they're on strike. So we will not be covering any uh, films or TV until the strike has uh, come to an end. And hopefully the writers and actors get uh, everything they're asking for. So we will start with video games in 1985. Uh, Sierra Online releases the Black Cauldron game for personal computers. For theme parks in 1985, on January 6th, the Hallmark Card Shop closes at Disneyland after 25 years of operation. On January 17th, the film Magic Journeys opens in Tokyo Disneyland. On February 6th, as of this date, Disneyland is now open every day of the week. Uh, Before that, they were closed, I think it was Mondays and sometimes during the winter and stuff like this. This is the first week that they are open year-round, every day. Also this month, uh, Disney and Lucasfilm reach an agreement for Lucasfilm to develop new attractions for Disney theme parks. On February 13th, Mickey Mouse, accompanied by Disneyland's ambassador Melissa Taylor, begins a 30-day flight around the world celebrating Disneyland's 30th anniversary. On March 9th, the Tokyo Disneyland Electrical Parade premieres. Also in March, at a meeting at the Contemporary Resort with experts in a wide range of fields, Michael Eisner settles on an outline of Disney's hotel strategy. On March 23rd, the live stage show Disneyland is Your Land begins performances at Disneyland, and the Disney Clothiers shop opens on Main Street in Disneyland. On March 29th, a new Frontierland Shooting arcade attraction opens in Disneyland. The guns were changed from using lead pellets to infrared beams. On April 2nd, Tokyo Disneyland welcomes its 20 millionth guest. Also in April, Disney announces the Videopolis uh, attraction, a teen open-air dance club for Disneyland. And also in April, they announce their intention to build a new $300 million Hollywood-style theme park at Walt Disney World. In May, Walt Disney Productions announces it would decide by September where to build a European Disneyland park. On June 19th, the Yum's Food Facility opens in Videopolis. And on June 22nd, Videopolis opens in Fantasyland at Disneyland. It is a 5,000 square foot outdoor dance amphitheater with music videos playing on 70 monitors. This is also where churros were sold for the first time. So you have Videopolis, a thing for churros. On July 20th, Walt Disney World welcomes its 200th millionth guest, Virgil Waits Jr., uh, also this year, the Main Street Electrical Parade returns to Disneyland. In July, Disney announces the Captain EO film project with Michael Jackson, Francis Ford Coppola uh, as a director. Um, on August 25th, Disneyland welcomes three-year-old Brooks Arthur Charles as the park's 250 millionth guest. On September 2nd, the Adventures Through Inner Space attraction closes in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. In December, the Fantasy on Parade Christmas Parade begins its last run at Disneyland. On December 5th, the SkyFest Celebration Salute to Disneyland is held in Anaheim. A world record one million helium balloons is released over Disneyland. On December 15th, Michael Eisner and French Prime Minister Laurent Fabus, I'm sure I'm butchering that name, sign a letter of intent to build a Disney theme park on 4,400 acres at Moraine-la-Vallée. Again, probably butchering. I cannot speak French. Uh, which is 20 miles east of Paris, France. I think you nailed it. Probably. probably, It's probably right. <laughs> um, other notable events of 1985. In February, Disney stock reaches uh, $75 a share. And by May, it reaches $90 a share. Also this year, Michael Eisner sets a new goal of new animation film every 18 months. Disney animator Tony Anselmo takes over the voice of Donald Duck. An animation sell from the film The Band Concert sells for $24,000, a record price. Uh, revenues for the year for Disney Company break $2 billion for the first time. Operating income from filmed entertainment for the fiscal year is three, uh, $33.6 million, And attendance at Disneyland during this fiscal year is $11.3 million. Uh, birthdays for 1985. February 19th, Haley Duff. March 26th, Jonathan Groff and Kira Knightley. April 30th, Gal Gadot. June 18th, Alex Hirsch. July 2nd, Ashley Tisdale, August 9th, Anna Kendrick, November 30th, Kaylee Cuoco, December 5th, Frankie Munez, and December 10th, Raven Simone. Notable deaths of 1985 on February 20th, uh, original voice of Donald Duck, Clarence Nash. And on May 22nd, uh, uh, one of Walt's nine old men, Disney legend uh, Wolfgang Reitherman. That brings us to 1986. I'm going to uh, do two quick sort of film-related things just because I think they're important. Uh, On February 3rd, Pixar is founded by Ed Catmull and uh, Alvy Ray Smith. And on December 1st, uh, filming begins on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, For video games in 1986, Capcom signs an agreement with uh, the Walt Disney Company to produce Disney games for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the two games released for 1986 are Donald Duck's Playground for the Amiga, the Atari ST, and Apple II, and the Black Cauldron for Apple II, Atari ST, Amiga, and DOS. For theme parks in 1986, on January 15th, the Living Seas attraction opens in Future World at Epcot. Uh, At Walt Disney World, it includes a 5.7 million gallon aquarium, sea base alpha area, films and animated Atlas of the World, The Seas, Sea Watch, and Suited for the Seas and uh, the Coral Reef Restaurant. Um, On January 5th, Circus Fantasy first appears at Disneyland. Also in February, the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown attraction opens in Bear Country at Disneyland and in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World simultaneously. On March 8th, Alice's Tea Party opens in Fantasyland at Tokyo Disneyland. On March 20th, Tokyo Disneyland welcomes its 30 millionth guest. And on March 25th, Walt Disney World welcomes the 500 millionth guest to enter a Disney park, Don McGrath. In May, the Walt Disney Company changes its no alcohol policy in Disneyland, allowing beer, wine, or champagne at corporate parties of 500 or more after dark in rented sections of the park. Uh, that same day, the Magic Eye Theater opens in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. The first film shown is Magic Journeys. On May 29th, Spaceship Earth and Epcot is updated with a new narration by Walter Cronkite. On June 27th, Big Thunder Ranch opens in Frontierland at Disneyland. Also this year, construction begins on the Disney MGM Studios theme park at Walt Disney World. Uh, and the name of the Golf Resort Hotel at Walt Disney World is changed to the Disney Inn. Uh, also, the Totally Mini Parade runs at Disneyland. In July, Michael Graves presents to Disney his architectural model proposal for the Dolphin and Swan Hotels uh, for Walt Disney World. On September 12th, the 3D film Captain EO starring Michael Jackson uh, and Angelica Houston opens in the Magic Eye Theater in Epcot Center at Walt Disney World. It costs over $17 million to produce, making it the most costly movie to date at about $1 million per minute. Uh, Lucasfilm provided more than 150 special effects for the 17-minute movie. Uh, And the following week, on September 18th, Captain EO opens in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. On October 12th, the Golden Horseshoe Review Show closes at Disneyland. It is the longest-running show in history at nearly 50,000 performances. On November 21st, the Star Trader Shop opens in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. And on December 14th, the Big Thunder Barbecue Restaurant opens in Big Thunder Ranch in Frontierland at Disneyland. Other notable events of 1986, WED Enterprises is renamed Walt Disney Imagineering. On February 6th, shareholders vote to change the company's name from Walt Disney Productions to the Walt Disney Company. In March, just before the 4-to-1 Disney stock split, the stock hits a value of $143 per share. Uh, Walt Disney is inducted to the Television Academy Hall of Fame on April 21st. On May 2nd, Disney's Circle Vision film Portraits of Canada debuts in uh, Vancouver, Canada for the Expo 86 World Exposition. Also this year, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers names Disney's Disneyland's monorail a historic mechanical engineering landmark. Um, ask, American astronaut Sally Ride aboard the space shuttle says, That's a real e-ticket ride. On August 23rd, the U.S. Senate passes a bill, Public Law 99-391, designating December 5th, 1986, as Walt Disney Recognition Day. And on December 30th, Disney reports earning for the fiscal year at nearly $247 million, nearly triple two years prior. Uh, birthdays for 1986, we have March 9th, Britney Snow, March 28th, Lady Gaga, May 17th, Taj Mowry, June 11th, Shia LaBeouf, June 27th, Drake Bell, July 2nd, Lindsay Lohan, August 29th, Nicole Byer, and November 10th, Josh Peck. Uh, Notable deaths of 1986, we have uh, comic book artist Floyd Gottfredson and November 2nd, uh, Paul Fries. So that is it for uh, Great Moments with me, Mr. Andrew, uh, for the years 1985 and
1: 1986. Man, I had... Zero clue that there was a Black Cauldron video game. Yeah, for you to play it on DOS, apparently. Man, talk wow. about uh, a property that doesn't get enough love, man. That is... Anyway, it's a whole other rant that we'll just leave for another day. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Anything else before we wrap up?
2: I uh, well, I think we're good. I think it's time we're to go good. to bed. It sure yes. is.
1: <laughs> Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward. And always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya.
0: Part of the Podcateers Network.